If a car goes to a mechanic, the first thing they think of is, let's run the diagnostics, let's put it on this machine, we gotta fix this, we gotta fix that. Let's see if this the issue, let's see if that's the issue. The car still won't start, it must be an engine problem. Let's check the ignition. Nope, it's not the ignition. Let's check the starter box, it's not the starter box. Let's check the fuse box, it's not that. A mechanic could go into so many different scenarios of why the car would not start. But the simple question is, when was the last time the person put gas in it? Something as simple as that can solve what's supposed to be the big issue, but all it needed was a simple solution. Thank you for listening to Corners and Conversations by Just Contributor Support, better known as JCS. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921. Check the description for details. Stay tuned. Peace family. Hope all is well. You're now tuned into episode 32, which is first things first. Timestamps in the description as usual. So where do we begin? Let's say there are a lot of things on your to-do list. A couple of things you should ask yourself before you begin to do anything is how do you simplify that? How do you organize that? And what strategy do you have for that? That is where the first things first logic comes from. So let's break it down. Simplify. By definition, simplify means to make something simple, easier to do, or understand. There's no such thing as a complicated task, just you not breaking that task down, simplifying it to your needs. There are big issues and there are small issues. Which ones would you prefer? If there's a big issue, obviously it's more than just a simple decision that needs to be made. But when you look at smaller issues, those are things that are not a problem now, but can grow into a problem if you're not making decisions at that point in time. So which ones do you prefer? The way how I look at it, if you just group the similar tasks and responsibilities together, that is what create that milestone on your way to solving complex issues. So when you have the big picture, let's say it's a puzzle, when you have all these pieces that is for a bigger puzzle or the picture of the puzzle, all it is is piecing those things together. You can't just try to search for one piece, put it there, and then try to search for the piece that's closest to it and put it together. All you do is group these similar pieces together. Rather, it looks like a concept or different colors or let's say the same colors in this case. You will put them in different piles and then you can work on a smaller piece of that picture. Now you have an idea of what goes together. And that's your way of connecting the bigger picture, the complete picture, with these smaller groups of pieces that you put together. And when you take that into perspective, a complex problem just requires more simple solutions. When you look at a lot of the things that people face today, they have a way of turning a ant hill, something that's very small, very minute, into a mountain. As in the problem can be solved in a simple way, but yet they have all these big complex issues that they put onto this one small issue. All it is is completing one task at a time. If you take that small piece and you find out, okay, let's group this with other small pieces, just like that puzzle scenario, you have a better chance, as in you're more likely to address things because you're looking at the common denominator. What is something that fit all of the pieces? Rather, it's the same color, rather, it's the same issue, so on and so forth. When you look at all of those things, you're grouping together the smaller issues or tasks or responsibilities 
So that way you can accomplish something. Another thing that people fail to do in order to simplify a situation is ask the obvious questions. Let me give you a quick example. If a car goes to a mechanic, the first thing they think of is let's run a diagnostics. Let's put it on this machine. We got to fix this. We got to fix that. Let's see if this is the issue. Let's see if that's the issue. The car still won't start. It must be an engine problem. Let's check the ignition. Nope, it's not the ignition. Let's check the starter box. It's not the starter box. Let's check the fuse box. It's not that. A mechanic could go into so many different scenarios of why the car would not start. But the simple question is, when was the last time the person put gas in it? Something as simple as that can solve what's supposed to be the big issue, but all it needed was a simple solution. Check the gas tank. Check the fuel level. When you pay attention to something as simple as that, a mechanic will have a a light bulb moment and say, oh, I didn't think about that. So when people fail to ask the simple question, that is how they find themselves turning a anthill into a mountain. The next thing is being organized. When you think of organizing, what is something that comes to mind? Is it a group of people working to accomplish something? Is it cleaning up your room? Is it having a process or a procedure in how you do things? When you organize something, it's to put things in order or arrange things in an orderly way. So there's steps for you to accomplish something. That's a way of being organized. There's a process of how you eliminate things or how you categorize things. Okay, that's a way of organizing stuff. Organizing is just putting things into perspective. The way how you understand things is how you organize things around that level of understanding. If I'm familiar with simple things, or let's say simple terms, I'm going to stick with simple terms because that's how I organize things. If I'm not familiar with complex terms or things that goes beyond my level of understanding, instead of having the big issue like the mechanic, I just break it down to the smallest thing because that's my level of understanding at that time. So if you have a big issue, it's all about organizing it. So it's like simplification's cousin is to organize. To simplify something is obviously make it easier to better understand, to acknowledge it. But to organize is to place it in a certain order. That way you could get the desired result or you're more likely to receive that desired result because you organized and arranged everything in a way that benefits you. Organizing, it also goes with assessing what you have. Let's say doing an inventory of your options. You can make something simple But like I said, if it's not arranged in a certain way, does it benefit you or give you the best position to make decisions that benefit you? If you reflect on your hassles, the tools that you have, the resources that you could tap into, how do you prioritize what needs to be done? That's a way of organizing things. When you look at being organized in a physical sense, let's say when it's time for you to clean your room, do you have a certain way of going about it or do you just clean everything as you pass by stuff? That's one way of going about it. But can you have a faster approach in doing it if you are organized? Organizing is a process. So that's an action of doing something. What I like to call it is the order of operations. When you look at it, there are certain things that has to be done first in order to accomplish the other things later on. If you have a order of operations, that's your way of organizing how you conduct yourself. That's your way of organizing how you think about things. That is your way of organizing how do you piece together information and then apply that information. We talked about simplifying things. We talked about organizing things. Now let's talk about strategizing things. When you strategize something, it's all about the mental capacity. 
Strategizing is about planning. It's about researching. It's about scenarios, ideas, or just reviewing what took place. You have to ask yourself simple things like what works best for you, what limits liability, as in what causes more hassles compared to solutions that you could provide. That's something you have to think about. What reduces risk? A risk is anything that you are not in favor of. If it's anything that does not benefit you, you can categorize that as a risk. The way how you strategize around that is how do I limit the risk or reduce my exposure to risk while doing the things that I want to do? Being wise about your decisions is a way of strategizing. One thing that a lot of people overlook as well is time management and a process of elimination. Remember that mountain scenario? How do we turn a mountain into an anthill? It's all about strategizing. When you look at time management, what will take the most of your time and what will take the least amount of your time? So now you have on the right side what is taking too much of your time and on the left side what will not take as much of your time or the least amount of time. Now that you have the big issues on the left and the right, now you're going to find out what should be placed in the middle. And that's how you can influence and dictate what decisions that you have to make. Because the time management piece is you can spend all your time trying to take care of one big thing, or you can spend the same amount of time addressing multiple small things. But the whole point is when you place it in a form of value, what will give you the best result with the limited tools, resources, and time that you have. That's one thing to think about when you strategize, how are you going to accomplish those things? Here are two things. One is what I believe makes sense. The other is what I do to keep myself grounded. There is a metric that's called the Eisenhower Decision Matrix. I want you to imagine a square. Now put four sections with that square. You can draw a line from top to bottom. You can draw a line from left to right in the middle, and that becomes the four quadrants. The four quadrant Eisenhower decision matrix is for importance versus urgency. The reason for these four boxes or these quadrants is to categorize tasks into rather they are urgent and rather they are important. Recognizing that important task may not be urgent and urgent tasks are not necessarily important. So let's break it down. Now that you have that square with those four squares inside of that square, the top right square is going to be urgent and important. Those are things that you do. So let's use an example. The top right square, that will be considered urgent and important. Those are the things that you do. Those are tasks that are done immediately and personally. That's the highest level of importance and urgency. The top left is not urgent, but important. Those are things that require planning. Those are the tasks that get an end date and are done personally. So that they don't need your attention right now, but they are put on the to-do list to take care of. The bottom right corner is urgent, but not important. You can delegate those tasks. And delegate mean assign someone else to that level of responsibility. For the things that does not require your attention, you can ask someone else to do it. Or you can have a conversation to negotiate how someone else can assist you in doing that so it's less of a hassle. It's urgent, but it's not important to you. The bottom left corner are things that are not urgent and not important. You eliminate those things. Why focus on those things when you have other areas to focus on? When you think about the Eisenhower decision matrix, put some of the things on your to-do list in those four boxes, and that's how you organize it. So let's say you have 10 things that you need to do. You know out of those 10 things, they're going to fall somewhere on those quadrants in those four 
sections of that square. That's one way of organizing how decisions need to be made. For me, I do what's called a quantitative scale, taking out the excuses. That's my way of considering that. When you place your hassles on a piece of paper, use no more than 10. I say 10 issues for the best results because I'm going to prioritize them one through 10. The more important the issue is, the higher I place it on the priority list. The top three are the main priority. Those are things that I need to focus on right then and there. So that's the top three out of the 10. The next two, which is priority four and five, I can plan to address those in the near future. The two after that, which would be priority six and seven, someone can assist me in taking care of that. The last three objectives are not as important. They're not as a as much of a priority compared to the other things that I have to take care of, plan to take care of, or get someone's help in taking care of that with me. So when you reflecting back on those last three things on the priority list, chances are they are not as much as a priority as people would think it is compared to the other things that need to be taken care of. Now, at a later time, they can be pushed up on the priority list because remember, you're accomplishing things. Your priority list is going to shift and move around or what's considered a priority now may not have the same level of urgency and importance later. So that's something that keep in mind as well. It's not that the list is concrete, it's forever changing, but you have a system of prioritizing and implementing things that benefits you. Remember, the one thing can be the Eisenhower decision matrix. That's a pretty cool visual of how to put things into perspective. The other way, which is my method, is the quantitative scale, prioritizing something on a level of one to 10 and then addressing it. The reason why I use numbers is because it takes away the excuses. If someone was to say, describe why this is important to you, you would have a discussion about it. But if someone say on a scale of one to 10, explain to me how this is important on a level of one to 10, one being it's extremely important, 10 being it's not important. It forces you to put something as in words into a number because that number will dictate the level of importance. There's nothing else to interpret. There's nothing else to wrap your mind around because once you put a number to it, that's how you prioritize that task, taking the personality and emotions out of it and putting the logic into it. Because the logic will say, this is number one. Obviously, this is important. That is number 10. It's not as important as number one. So it's a level of accountability. And that's what I refer to it as. Hopefully, you all can take that as a conversation to have with somebody. And if all else fails, you just need three things. Remember to simplify that situation. Remember to organize that situation and strategize how you will be addressing that situation. Hope all is well, family. Best wishes to you and yours. And take care. And there you have it, folks. Another episode. (laughs) If you made it this far, thank you for listening. If anyone wished to be a guest, please feel free to let us know. You can text the word guest to 855-691-4921. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. Check the description for details. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921.